get into it. Uh, we're so thankful for where God has for us on this morning. We also want to continue to lift up Pastor Chad and the team as they're ministering in Zimbabwe. Uh, I was telling the intercessors this morning, there's uh, at least 21 different locations uh, for uh, uh, Celebration Church in Zimbabwe. And because Pastor Dixon is who he is, he's going to try to have Pastor Chad preach at at least 19 of them. <laughs> and they're literally stretched out all over the country. But because I know Pastor Dixon, Pastor Chad's going to come back real tired. So you all pray his strength. I know he told me before he left, he said, I'm going to have uh, Pastor Mark preach everywhere. <laughs> but once again, knowing Pastor Dixon and, and his love for Pastor Chad, I'm sure he's going to try to talk him into doing that. So I wanted to talk to you guys today. We're uh, in our study now in Philippians, and that's the, the book that we're going to be in for a little bit of time. We're going to be doing uh, Philippians. We're going to start Philippians chapter 1, starting with verses 1 through 11, and we're going to kind of sort of break those, um, those uh, scriptures down. And so the title of today's message is Good Fruit No Matter What. Good Fruit No Matter What. Uh, we're kicking off these things as far as the talking over points in the Sunday message. Uh, this also speaks about what Pastor Chad had mentioned before as far as his heart's desire for Destiny Church to become better disciples and followers of Jesus. Understanding that a disciple is always learning and maturing. So this word that I'm starting off with today is a word to challenge you, okay? And so there's an expectation at the end of the message to see a response to that challenge. Is that okay? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. All right, that's all I need to know. <laughs> so I wanna read uh, in Philippians. We're gonna start with Philippians chapter one and start with verse one. Is that okay? Philippians one, starting with verse one. Out of the NLT, it says this. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, this is verse four, whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Verse 7, so it is right that I should feel as I do about you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you, and I long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ Jesus returns. Amen. And verse 11 says this, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. That's a mouthful. 
So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we can share your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place and we thank you that lives are gonna be transformed, lives are gonna be challenged, lives are gonna be empowered today. And we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get into it. A little bit of the backstory about the book of Philippians and, and Paul writing this letter. So Paul is writing this letter and he's in prison. He is in prison in Rome. And he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi. This is interesting to me because I want to go right now to verse number four in the scripture that we just read. Verse four says, whenever I pray, I make my request for you. I make my request for all of you with joy. With joy. He is in prison and he's talking about joy. Interesting. The word happiness evokes the vision of walking hand in hand with a person you love and vacationing in beautiful places. Everyone wants to be happy. We're making happiness a lifelong pursuit. But if happiness depends on circumstances, what happens when loved ones die? What happens when we have a health or financial crisis? In contrast, stands joy. Running deeper and stronger, joy is confident assurance of God's love and work in our lives and that he will do what he needs to do for us no matter what. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Christ. I'll say it again. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Christ. Our joy comes from knowing Christ personally and from deepening or a deepened relationship with him. So awesome. When we grow in the things of God and become more spiritually mature, even in the midst of chaos, we can have joy no matter what. Interesting. How, and you may say, Pastor, how, 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 how can you tell me to have joy? You don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstances. Joy doesn't depend on your circumstances. Joy, I told you all before I even started, this is going to be a challenge. I told you. Joy doesn't depend on your circumstances. It depends on your maturity level and your relationship with God. Share a testimony with you guys. Some of you will already know this. Some of you all will be hearing it for the first time today. Just to give you an idea, I'll give you some, some tangible um, uh, application to this idea of joy. So a little over a year ago, I went to work one morning. And as I was sitting at my desk preparing for my day, I received an email from our higher-ups, and they said, hey, we need to have an emergency meeting today. We need everybody in this meeting. So go to the meeting. The meeting lasted almost an hour, a little bit longer. And at the very end of the meeting, the person in charge says, oh, by the way, um, this is you all's last day, and you'll be getting your last check in two days. No warning. 
No, nothing. Not even a thank you for your service. Just, this is it. Have a good day. So having taken on that particular position and I'm thinking, I got a family to take care of. I got a family to support. What am I going to do? And so then I began to look for jobs and positions and things of that nature, and I was not able to find anything uh, like a, a, a full-time position. All I could find was part-time positions. And so I worked in a part-time position cleaning houses. I worked in another part-time position driving two and a half hours away from my home, away from my family, spending at least three days a week in a different city altogether in a part-time position just to make money to take care of my family. I went from being a pastor of pastors to cleaning toilets. And then in the midst of all that, as I began to ask God for wisdom and strategy and understanding, I happened upon a particular song by Maverick City. Firm foundation. The interesting thing about firm foundation is this. There is a line in the song that says, and I still got joy and chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. And I I want to go under, and I won't be going under. Uh, I'm not held by my own strength because I built my life on Jesus He's never let me down. He's faithful. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. Joy in the midst of chaos is not based upon our circumstances. It's based upon our relationship with him. Once again, I say to you, this word may hurt just a little bit, but it's only to stretch you. You know, when you begin to work out and you start lifting weights and you start running and things of that nature, your muscles start hurting, but it's a good hurt because in order for your body to be built up, you got to be torn down a little bit first. So as we're preparing to become even better disciples, even better followers of Christ, there has to be a little tearing, but it won't kill you. It'll just challenge you. Is that okay? Amen. I want to go on to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I want to read there, please. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is fully finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I love that. God who began a good work within us continues it throughout our lifetime and will finish it when we meet him face to face. God's work for us began when Christ died on the cross. God's work within us began when we first believed in him. Paul is describing the process of a Christian or a Christian's growth and maturity that began when we accepted Jesus and continues until Jesus returns. It's so awesome, as we look at that particular scripture, there's things that God is working out in us right now. 
And we have to be willing to let him work those things out. We have gotten so microwavable, if that's a word. What I mean by that is our generation and the generation that came after me, we were introduced to the microwave, which means that you were able to warm up food very quickly. I, I honestly can't even remember like how life was before microwaves. I know there's some who are older than me that may be able to, but I, I can't. But we have taken that concept on as far as our spiritual walk and spiritual growth with God, where we decided that we want things to happen quickly and, and we don't want the process. Maturity happens in the process. God has to process us. And sometimes we want the process to end quickly. That's not necessarily a good thing. All of you all who are cooks, my grill masters, you know that the best meat ever is something that's smoked over time. It's the most flavorful, it's the most tender, but it takes time for it to come out that way. A very similar situation with our walk with God. We have to be willing to go through the process. Is that okay? I want to read Philippians uh, 1, excuse me, verses 9 through 11 right now. Philippians 1, 9 through 10, I'm sorry. It says this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Interesting. I want to read that same verse in the ESV. ESV says this, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Paul's prayer for the Philippians was that they would be unified in love. Their love was to, was to bring a greater knowledge of Christ and a deeper understanding of moral discernment. Paul prayed that the Philippian church would have the ability to tell the difference between right and wrong, good and bad, vital and trivial. Interesting. Let's go a little bit deeper. What is this moral discernment? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14 out of the ESV says this, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature. You gotta go through the process. And as followers of Christ, we have a responsibility to want to grow and mature in the things of God. How many of you all understand that we don't live our lives just for ourselves? We live our lives for those who don't know Christ. Because for some people, the only way they will get to know Christ is through us and our relationship with him. There are people who are watching you at work. There are people who are watching you at school. They have heard you say that you are a follower of Christ, and so they need to see and be able to distinguish what's different between you and them. 
You got to grow up. Get off the bottle. No more breast milk. We're going to stay G, G G-rated service, G-rated service. (laughs) Now, I want to also look at that same scripture in the Amplified, Hebrews 5, verse 14 in the Amplified says this, but solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. What does that mean? Well, what are your senses? How many senses do we have? Five. Now, we don't go through and name all of them, but this scripture is saying that you have the ability to discern things through your senses. So, practically speaking, how would that happen? What are we talking about? So, if you hear a voice, hearing is a sense. If you hear a voice saying, run, don't sit down, <laughs> run. Here's the thing, because you have no idea what the Holy Spirit, because that's who's speaking to you, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in that moment, or why he may be saying it to you in that moment. But it could be to get you out of a situation that could cause you harm. So we have to put ourselves in a position to be able to hear and discern what God is trying to say. And sometimes our discernment is coming through our senses. Sometimes you may smell something. Sometimes you may hear something. You may feel something. You may see something. Don't discount those things. Because Holy Spirit could be speaking to you through your senses. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11, NLT. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. It's interesting to me that a lot of these scriptures that we're reading each verse talks about if you do this, it's going to bring glory to God. Isn't that a desire of us? Shouldn't we have that, that desire on a regular basis to do things that are going to bring, that's going to bring glory to God? So every one of these verses almost that I've read so far has said, if you do this, it's going to bring glory to God. Are you willing to do that? The fruit of our salvation includes all the character traits that come from a right relationship with God. There is no other way for us to gain this fruit of righteousness but through Christ Jesus. You don't believe me? All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit are the fruit of our salvation. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi is also a letter to guess who? Destiny Church. As we desire to become better disciples of Christ, and here's the part where you can put in your notes, these are your points. Number one, our love for him and others must grow. 
our love for him and others must grow. Even those people that you feel are unlovable. (laughs) As we become more spiritually mature, it doesn't matter what they do or have done. Our response is to love them as Christ loves them. Number two, we must be willing to push past our situation and be intentional about having joy in the midst of chaos. Say it again. We must be willing to push past our situation and be intentional about having joy in the midst of chaos. Number three, we must be willing to grow and mature in the things of God in our relationship with him. We must be willing to grow and mature in the things of God in our relationship with him. Number four, we must have moral discernment. We must have moral discernment. We gotta put ourselves in a position to be able to hear what God is trying to tell us when it comes to how we live our lives. What the world does and what the world says and what the world believes should not be our testimony. They should be following us, not the other way around. That's in every aspect of everything that goes on in this world. For some, that could be a challenge because it's easy to see things posted on social media or hear things in the news and we'll get right in line with what everyone else is saying and doing. You can't do that. Not because I say you can't, but because as a believer and a follower of Christ, you're held to a different standard, a higher standard. Doesn't matter what the world does or says, you can't do what they do because you're not a part of what they're part of. You are part of a different kingdom. Your citizenship belongs somewhere else. And we're all American citizens and that's fine and dandy, but our responsibility and our loyalties lie with the kingdom of God first. First. We are followers of Christ first. And our loyalty to the kingdom supersedes our loyalty to a nation. It's hard for us as Americans to understand and believe that because we grew up in the, in the society and system that we have. But that's the fact of the matter. Our loyalty to the kingdom supersedes our loyalty to a nation. Amen? I told y'all it was going to be kind of challenging. The last piece here. Number five, our lives must exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Good fruit, no matter what. Our lives must exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Good fruit, no matter what. 